It's the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. I'm Steve Titchener in our Central Jersey studio, alongside veteran sportscaster Matt Lachlan. Today, we'll talk with Keith Sargent from NJ Advanced Media on Rutgers Tournament Hopes. We'll also chat with Matt on Seton Hall's share of the Big East title. But first, a word from LG Insurance. LG Insurance Agency is where we shop seven insurance carriers and you work with a professional agent to help you get the best pricing and value out of your home, car, and business insurance. LG Insurance Agency is a destination for all your insurance needs. LGinsuranceagency.com or search LG Insurance Agency. And we're back on the Jersey Hardwood podcast sponsored by LG Insurance. And on the line, we have Keith Sargent from NJ Advanced Media on his way to uh, Indianapolis. Keith, first of all, thank you for the plug for more sports now on your last article. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you guys were able to, I'm glad you were able to help out. I mean, I, you know, I needed a voice and I, you're as respected of a voice as, yeah, as I could think of it when it comes to speaking <laughs> all and, and Rutgers. And a very humble Matt Lachlan who was with us, of course. And, yeah, uh, and I was happy to be a part of it. I was, I was, you know, honored that you asked me to uh, give you a few quotes. And, you know, as I look back at the the story that you wrote and reflected on my comments, I mean, they were all heartfelt, but I can't believe where did that, that young Matt Lachlan's hatred for Rutgers go? But I guess <laughs> as you mature a little bit, right, you figure everything out and, uh, hey, we're all just in this together, right? Exactly. So, Keith, um, I got to say, let, we'll get to the tournament, but let's talk about the end of the season for Rutgers. And and I, yep. I'll be full disclosure, I, I was uh, glass half empty, bad fan. I thought after the Penn State game, I thought they were really in trouble. I, I thought, wow, this is going to be a rough end to this season. And I got to tell you, I, I can't say enough about this team. I mean, just a blowout of Maryland in one of the most exciting nights of the rack that I've ever been to, for sure. And then just an amazing, amazing road win against a very, you know, Purdue, look, Purdue's down, but that's still a tough team and that's a tough arena to go and play in and to close the season the way they did, boy, they showed me, I'll tell you, they, they, uh, they really, uh, they played 40 minutes of basketball. They played balanced basketball. And if they play like that moving forward, they're going to be a tough out. Uh, Steve, I think there were, there were two points in the season where th- this team could have been, uh, could have given up. They could have been left for dead. It was uh, at the very beginning of February, where they lost to, to Michigan at, at the Garden, then they lose to Maryland. Uh, they, they're playing against Northwestern. They're down 18. They actually rally in that game. Geo Baker put on, you know, 25 points. You know, and they end up winning the game. That kind of uh, resuscitated the season. And then you're right. I mean, they, uh, toward the end of February, they're you know they're swooning. Their NCAA chances are clearly on the bubble. Um, again, Geo Baker lifts them against against Maryland. You know they you know win that game resoundingly, and then go on the road again. One 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 of the true gut test uh, uh, victories I can think of. You know, in the last twenty years, especially on the road. Steve Peichel gets a lot of credit for being able to uh, revive that team and make sure that they don't give up. And again, Geo Baker is a guy who, who's always around, always lifting this team. Most valuable player on the team for sure. Mm-hmm. What's your gut feeling? Most people believe that the win against Purdue, the overtime victory, ensured an NCAA berth regardless of what happens in the tournament. I'm still not fully convinced simply because they are so poor away from home. Uh, what's your what's your feeling on what will happen Selection Sunday? 
Yeah, so I took a little heat uh, by, by presenting a couple of doomsday scenarios. You know, you might have seen those. Um, again, I think that they're you know in, in a very comfortable spot, a lot more comfortable than a lot of other teams. I don't even know if you would say that they're on the bubble at this point. That being said, lose to Michigan, um, and then some other things that don't go their way, and you know, in the conference tournament, some bid stealers, uh, so to speak, um, and they could be right back there on the bubble. I still think that they have a, a good enough resume, but. There's one thing it keeps on getting brought up is, you know, their inability to win on the road The two uh, wins away from Iraq. Jerry Palm had the, had the stat in mid-February that, that, you know, no, no NCAA team since 1994 has had fewer than three wins on the road. Rutgers, you know, currently has two. It would help if they could beat Michigan, you know, in the big 10 tournament. They do that. I think they're, they're in for sure. Even if they lose, I still think that they're in. But I, you know, you don't want to, you know, tempt tempt fate. So just take care of business. Yeah, I, I think the win, uh, if they can beat Michigan and advance in the tournament, certainly ensures the bid. But I, I can see where there are still some nerves that are frayed over the fact that if they do lose, the committee has to make a decision. And for all the good things that have happened at Rutgers, and there are many, and you know, the win over Maryland, et cetera, uh, and you know, Penn State, just what they done at the rack and the way the program's been elevated. Boy, you hate to leave that behind closed doors because when all the bids are announced, there's always someone feeling some heartbreak and sometimes they're head scratchers. So yeah, you know, uh, you've got fate in your own hands, take care of business and then you move on after that. And, and Matt, you don't know what the committee you know, looks at. I mean, they, you know, we've heard that they don't look at the, the last 10. That used to be a big thing. They don't look at that as much anymore, but you know, are they in the room? Is that is that going to be a thing? I mean, you know that the NCAA tournament. Um, last I checked, they don't play these games at home uh, home arenas. Um, so, uh, you know, do they look at that? Do they value that? No one knows. I mean, do, do they value the NCAA net? You, you, you know, if, that, if that's the case, Rutgers has a very good net rating. You know, Ken Palm. They, they you know, they, they they have a good Ken Palm rating. But who knows what they're they're, they're looking at? So, if they do value that that stat, you know, and and again. Uh, past precedent, you know, seems to indicate that they do value that stat. And, you know, then I guess it would be a couple of anxious moments if, if they do lose to Michigan. And as a, an alum and a fan, it's hard to be objective in that spot. You would just see it as a huge snub, especially though, with your, you know, and granted it's at home and, the, and their both best moments were at home at the rack uh, with an amazing crowd behind them. But still, they've had some yeah. great wins, you know, capping it really at, at the rack with with the win against Maryland, a top 10 team. So you would think that they would uh, uh, they would be coasting in. But, yeah, I guess there is still a question. So that that turns to Michigan here, because now, you know, they lost to Michigan twice. It's a bad matchup for them, Keith. And uh, Peichel said he, uh, their length bothers them. They play good defense and they're tall and long. And, uh, and you know, Miles Johnson doesn't like big physical uh, centers. He seems to go away when, in, in that case. And so Teske bothers them. Uh, you hope the guard play continues the way it has. Uh, and they can beat Michigan. Let's say, listen, it, it, at the rack, they were up nine with 15 minutes to go. And of course, I, I send a tweet out and that was the, uh, the dreaded tweet and then, and then just fell apart from there. I mean, this is a team they can beat, but it's it's a tough matchup for them. You're right, Steve. And, and you know, we talked to Pike about it the other day. Uh, the 7-2-foot-2 center uh, does uh, present problems for, for, for Miles Johnson. He's going to need to stay out of foul trouble. You look mm-hmm. at some of these games that they do, do lose, it's no secret. So when he gets into foul trouble, he's not on the court. He needs to stay on the court. Um, and then beyond that, you know, Xavier Simpson, you know, he, you know he's a tough matchup. Yeah. The guy, guy's been around forever. 
uh, experienced. Um, you know, he, you know, he had a great game that, that, you know, the last time over at the rack, uh, you know, and then they have, you know, shooters. I mean, uh, you know, Isaiah Livers is back. He didn't play in, in yeah. either game and he might be their, their second or third best player. Brandon Johns had a great game at the garden, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's going to be one of those things where, uh, Rutgers is going to have to do what they do defend, you know, I mean, it sounds pretty simple, but you know, they're here for a reason, you know, one of the best, uh, defensive efficiency teams in you know, in the country, you know, they're just going to have to defend. Yeah. That's obviously going to be where this game, or at least in my opinion, obviously is where it's going to turn. What about, uh, geo Baker? What's, what's Michigan's plan as far as you, uh, can see to try to limit his effectiveness. Um, I think probably what, what every other team does. They, you know, they try to, to get in front of him. Uh, he's so, such an unconventional player. You know, you, you look at that drop step three pointer, almost like a James Harden, you know, he kind of uh, patented it from him. Um, and it's so tough to defend. Um, you know, he, he you know, he even, uh, you know, uh, brought that within the arc, you know, did a couple of times against Purdue, including the game winner, that little turnaround jumper. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're going to have to keep him in front. Uh, but he's so unconventional. And when he gets going, you know, it's really, he's really hard to stop. Um, you know, David Simpson's a tough matchup though. I mean, he, you know, he's as quick as they come, uh, great playmaker. And again, they didn't really have a whole lot of answers for him over direct. Is that the difference right now with Rockers is Geo Baker, Keith, because, you know, there was a while, you know, when after the thumb injury, he got back and it was, there was a, where's Geo? And I think physically he just wasn't there yet, but now he's, he's got his uh, feet under him and he's really, I mean, look, he carried him uh, against Purdue, um, ha- had his moments against Maryland as well. But uh, I really, I mean, that's the difference here is, is that key player that you can count on at the end of the game. And then, you know, Ron Hopper, Harper Jr. picking up the slack as well. And Steve, if you look at the last uh, eight games, I think he's averaging 15 points per game. He's averaging 10.9 for, uh, for the season. Um, here's the thing. Uh, a year ago at this time, he had hit the uh, proverbial wall uh, late. Uh, he only had nine points. You know, he had a dreadful game in the Big Ten tournament. That's one of the reasons why they lost to Nebraska. Um, he, uh, you know, it was no secret. He hit the, hit the wall. He was averaging, I think, 32 or 33 minutes. I think that might have been uh, first or second in the Big Ten. Now he's down to, to 28.9. Um, and he, and he did miss those, uh, three games, uh, you know, midway through the year with a thumb injury. So not only are his minutes down, he, you know, he, you know, he had a few games off. You could tell, I mean, he, he, he looks like he, he's as fresh as, as he's ever been going to this tournament. Uh, he's playing great, you know, averaging 15 points. Like I said, um, uh, you know, he, he is the guy that, that makes his whole, uh, you know, he's the engine that makes this machine run, uh, run smoothly. What are some of the things you're looking toward beyond this opening round matchup for Rutgers? Just overall view of what you're looking forward to uh, out in Indianapolis. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of curious. I mean, it has been such an unconventional year where, you know, you saw Ohio State, you know, it looked like they were going to be the uh, one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Michigan had, had their moments. And, yeah, you know, when the dust settled, you have Wisconsin, um, which, you know, surprisingly, you know, got the top seed. Uh, Michigan State is is uh, is peaking. Uh, Maryland is going to be tough, but I'm kind of curious. Uh, you know, it's not just a Big Ten, but kind of NCAA tournament as a whole. It's been a year where where you know it's been you know so wide open, and, and people say that all the time. It sounds like a cliche, but I really tr- truly believe that this might be the year where if you're putting out those brackets, you know, come you know a- a- after the uh, you know the 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 are out on Sunday, just don't go chalk because it's going to be one of those <laughs> years where anything can happen. You know, even in the Big Ten, where you have you know the, the depth of this league is incredible. 
Um, you know, you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Rutgers was able to make a run. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan was able to make a run. You know, it's just so wide open. But you would be surprised if Nebraska made a run. <laughs> <laughs> I would, but I'll tell you what, you know, um, you know, Minnesota scored 107 points the other day. They're playing, uh, you know, in, in, you know, in, 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 uh, you know, Wednesday night in the first round. So would it surprise me if Minnesota, they have, you know, two or three of the, the uh, best players in the big 10, Daniel Oturu, seven foot uh, center. I mean, you know, he's playing at, you know, 20 points per game, you know, average. I mean, he's as good as, as there is in the big 10, as far as uh, scoring centers. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Minnesota was able to make a run. Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, you know, they, um, another team that Rutgers beat that you don't even look at and, you know, is Minnesota. I mean, that's how deep the big 10 is, you know, yeah. that's a, it's a very good team. And, uh, you know, again, so Rutgers had some really impressive wins you know, at home again. I mean, I, that's the that's the black guy that we're talking about here. I mean, they did get that one at Purdue, and I I, I think that you know that's enough. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Big Ten is just so deep, and and I agree, it's wide open. I mean, you, you know, you know, how many different number one teams that there've been all season? I mean, the the, the, 20, the top twenty five rankings have been all over the place uh, this year. So one uh, one other player I do want to talk about before we let you get on the road, Keith, and that's uh, that's Jacob Young. He's been really yep. huge since uh, you know he had a little. Uh, uh, problem problems in midseason and um, got suspended and he's come back. He's been focused. He's one of the best athletes on the court in terms of quickness. Uh, his defense is exceptional. He's also bringing the O lately too. And, and I'll tell you what, he brings a lot of energy uh, to the team and with him and Montez Mathis playing defense the way they've been playing. And if they can add some offense in there too, and score some points, because that's a big thing here, right? I mean, their defense yeah. has been locked down now. Now they're putting the ball in the basket. My goodness, if they can do both, then, and they're again, as I said at the beginning, they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, I, I, I have two X factors for you, Steve. I mean, I think you know you, you, you nailed it. Jacob Young is the guy who, who you know, when when, when he is just uh, going, he's a, a, a weapon that Rutgers really does not have in the fact that he can provide instant offense. Um, the one thing that you have to keep in mind is, you know, when it, when, when you have these big games, he has had the tendency to, to maybe press a little bit, maybe uh, be a little bit too energetic, and. You know, detriment i think they're going to have to keep him under control a little bit um and then quasi yaboa you know fifth year senior he played in seven postseason games you know you know he's experienced as they come you know really good three-point shooter wouldn't be surprised if you know they're going to rely on his uh you know leadership and uh you know hopefully uh you know he's able to maybe control some some things and between he and, and geo baker i think they've been around the block a little bit rely on their, their leadership to get it done. So look into the Keith Sargent crystal ball who comes out with the crown. Oh, um, and, you know, in the big 10, um, I'm going to say Michigan state, um, not that that's chalk or anything, but they're playing uh, great. I think they're, you know, it seems like they're peaking at the right time. I do think that uh, records will beat Michigan. Uh, Wisconsin is going to be a tough matchup. Um, so I, you know, I, I'll, I'll save my uh, prediction for after, after the Michigan game, but I do think that they're going to be able to prevail in um, the, uh, their first game. And isn't that funny about Tom Izzo, Keith, you know, a little swoon in the middle of the season. You're like, what's up with Michigan state. And then sure enough, they're peaking right when they should be. Exactly. I mean, you know, he, if it's March, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's Tom Izzo time. Yeah, you lose a lot of money over no the question. years if you bet against Izzo in Michigan State in March. <laughs> well, Keith, we'll let you get on the road. Uh, you're driving out, huh? 
I am. I am. I mean, wasn't even a coronavirus uh, thing. You know, I mean, you know, a colleague of mine, Steve Politi, he's actually flying. I'm driving with, uh, you know, an, okay. a, another reporter. So um, I, I, I tend to like to drive, you know, and, you know, in, in, in most of these trips, as, as long as it's not too crazy. And, you know, we, I do have a day to, 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 to spare. So see the open road and uh, take my time and, uh, you know, avoid the coronavirus. Yeah. Keith, since you brought it up, I mean, is there, <laughs> do, do, are you hearing anything about possibilities of, I mean, it'd be awful, but, uh, you know, it, it's so, so many schools are closing cancellations of so many events. Will it affect yeah. any of these tournaments? Uh, so we're taping this right, uh, you know, Wednesday morning, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, they, already you've seen two conferences uh, announce that they're not they're they're going to um, play without fans, okay. without spectators. The Ivy League is obviously canceled altogether. Um, I think as you get closer to it, with, where where more information comes, it's going to almost be tone deaf if the Big Ten, the ACC, you know, you know, Pac-12, all these other conferences, you could clearly tell that they don't want to do it. There's a lot of money mm-hmm. on the line. They don't want to give back money. But, you know, as you get closer, it's going to be really hard to be like a lone conference to actually say, oh, well, we're going to have fans in the in the stands, even though all these other conferences are, are, are not doing it. You know, so as you get closer to it, more information comes out. I really think, you know, you're going to see more and more of these uh, conferences, uh, you know, go that route. Be interesting to see what the Garden does with the big, big yeah. tournament. Uh-huh. I think it's just you know, like I said, you were you know, there's it, it's, it's, all this information is coming out of break next next speed. Um, you know, <laughs> again, we're taping this Wednesday morning, right? And yeah, you know, by by you know Wednesday afternoon, you might be saying, oh, well, what, what what a key sergeant now, you know, nothing happened, but yeah, well, yeah, well, I just I see all this information coming out of break next speed, hey. and I really do think they're going to be cautious with it. Yeah, it's very real, so we'll stay tuned on that. Well, Keith, thanks for joining us, and have a good trip out to Indianapolis, and uh, go are you? Yeah, anytime. Thanks, guys. I appreciate okay. it. All right, Keith, thank you. Bye, bye. Take care, guys. And that's Keith Sargent from NJ Advanced Media. And uh, you know, very real this coronavirus thing and and how it's going to affect tournaments, Matt. I think something has to be uh, considered, obviously, for sure. And and I think you know he made a good point, and and certainly he wanted to emphasize the time stamp when we were recording it because things changed yeah. so radically and have changed so radically in this in this time frame. And I think all all Leagues and conferences and concert well, events or, or venues are, are really struggling with this because what do you do? So why did the Ivy League cancel their tournament? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I mean, we know why, but why did they decide to take the step to do it and the Big Ten doesn't, the Big East doesn't? Why did Boston cancel its St. Patrick's Day parade, but New York still has its going? Ireland, a bunch of cities canceled their St. Patrick's Day parade. In England, the EPL is going on, but in Italy, uh, Syria A has been uh, canceled. Germany has canceled its hockey mm-hmm. league for the rest of the year and on and on and on. So you do want to say, well, if one group did it, like why shouldn't we do it? And right. I think a lot of it has to do with how many outbreaks there are in mm-hmm. your area and, and how do you contain them? I think personally, prudence is obviously something that needs to be taken. Fear is something we should avoid. I think where the needle's moving a closer to fear, people are not really listening to the facts. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being the case, if they decided in my in my position that we're going to announce games without any fans in the stands, it would be odd. I think it's the wrong thing to do. 
but I would do it. And, you know, come August, there's a start of the season next year for the Devils. We'd go like, wow, that was pretty interesting. And as we welcome a sellout crowd to the season opener, because I right. think it'll eventually yeah, pass, I, right? Of course. I, I would think so and hope so. But yeah. I, I'll say this, and you brought it up, that it is odd. I mean, uh, the games being played with no fans, I mean, I, it would uh, it would be strange not having the energy from the crowd. Uh but, you know, watching it on TV, like, let's see, say, the, you know, March yeah. Madness. Sure. If there's no crowd and they're just playing, it'd be uh, it'd be odd. For yeah, sure. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I can see in Seattle where there's been a big outbreak, although that outbreak primarily at a nursing home. Mm -hmm. And what we do know, at least what I understand about the disease is that certainly the elderly are more susceptible to a, a fatal incident from getting coronavirus. Certainly in a nursing home, you have a lot of people mm -hmm. with compromised health situations. So do you need to shut down everything or do you need to say, look, if you're elderly or you have a health issue, don't put yourself in this position. Self-quarantine to the best that you can. It, it's, it's, it is complicated, but I think in this day and age, we, again, the needle's moving, in my opinion, a little too closer to the fear, mm. but it's the same thing. Who goes out and plays anymore? Oh, uh, I gave you a cell phone at age 13. You didn't call me at every block on <laughs> right. your trip downtown, yeah, yeah. things That's like that. I mean, course. we've become in yeah. many ways a fearful society. Yeah. And I think this is just another extension yeah. of that. And it's a tough spot for officials and people making calls because you have to react, but you don't want to overreact. And, and here we are. And so, it's a business yeah. too. Let's be honest. You know, there is big money being made. And How so, about these huge festivals? like the music festival in Austin. Right, all South by Southwest. Oh they goodness. canceled. Indian Wells Tennis Tournament, they canceled. That's played outdoors. <laughs> yeah. uh, that I don't understand. Um, right. I, in I just in warm weather, but I guess that doesn't matter, you know? So, yeah, yeah, I guess that, it doesn't. So yeah. I, I think, look, have I washed my hands more frequently oh, yeah, I have. than ever? Yeah. yeah. Do I use hand sanitizer more than I've ever done? Yes. Have I fallen into the uh, elbow bro, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and not the, not even, yeah. oh, I do a fist bump. And some people like look at you and, and they shake their head. And it's almost like a silent signal. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're one of those. We'll still shake hands. Uh -huh. And I'll right. do that to some people. Yeah. And, and that's fine. I have no problem I with that. I had to go in Monday night. I, I, I had work. And so uh, in, in New York City, I'm saying in, I had to go to New York City. And I mastered the not touch anything the whole way in. I mean, when I'm opening a door, I use the sleeve, my 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 shoulder just kind of pushed it open and just didn't touch anything. So there's even that took the path in. I was like, oh, I'm going to take the path in. I'm not going to drive in. I'll just go. And, you know, path was definitely emptier than it normally is uh -huh. for sure. But I just didn't touch anything, kind of kept my distance from everybody. It's very isolating, I'll say. Oh, I would think. Uh, yeah. And New York was very, it was quiet. Yeah. It was much more quiet than I went in the evening, but it was still quiet. Well, and I, and I think I understand the precaution. Like I said, prudence is wise. That being said, why was New York City more of a concern than you than central New Jersey? They have more people, essentially. Yeah. 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 So I think that's the problem. I'll, I'll give Contact you an, with people. Right. And, and I think, you know, you try, look, do I put a seatbelt on every time I get in the car? Yes, I do. Has it ever saved my life? No, because I've not ever mm -hmm. been involved in a serious enough accident where airbags have deployed or, mm -hmm. you know, I was jammed forward, but I still put it on every time. So therefore, you know, prudence is, is warranted. But I saw an example the other night, uh, actually it was during uh, the late morning, 
Is that a devil's game? The National Hockey League has set up this policy whereby the locker rooms are not made available to the media anymore, uh, at least temporarily. And you can interview, you have to call players or coaches out and they can be interviewed, but they've set up a barrier. I think it's six feet separating you from the person that mm-hmm. that you're interviewing. So I watched the Pittsburgh Penguins do the same thing uh, when they were at Prudential Center. And uh, this one player, uh, Brandon Tanev is his name. I'm just using the example. It's not like he did anything ridiculous. But anyway, so Brandon Tanev's being interviewed and he's behind the barrier and everyone's leaning in with their microphones and leaning in to make sure they understand exactly what he's saying. So his little session is done. No more questions. Mm -hmm. And he starts to leave. Well, he didn't exit away from the group. He exited through the group. Okay. And then he started to talk to some of the reporters from Pittsburgh that had a little follow-up. And I don't okay. know what that conversation was about. Well, wait a minute. Then what, what's going on uh-huh. here? You know, right. like, yeah. wasn't, what, wasn't he putting himself at risk or just wasn't worried about it? How about this? How about the writers? Were they putting themselves at, or mm-hmm. reporters at risk? Because what makes it so that the ones on the one side of the barrier have it and the ones on the other side don't. Right. We don't right. know. Right. Well, there's going to be a protocol for all that put right. together. I mean, but does it, it really work? There, yeah. if, if, you know, if it's not a hundred percent and you, can, uh, you can't just, be, I get it. You can't be hundred percent, but should he not have exited stage mm-hmm. left along a wall and done like a wide arcing turn into the dressing room? Right. Where, by the way, he might've run into two teammates who were exposed mm-hmm. to it yeah. and he might've gotten it anyway. And then he goes out and says hello to the parking attendant at his apartment complex or whatever. You know, I mean, again, prudence. Right. But, some of these rules and because it's not in everybody's conscience yet but it's 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 going to be in everyone eventually and just the way the way you act and how you contact with people and such it's all well i I will say this if what comes out of this is that people do wash their hands a little bit more yeah and people pay a little more attention to personal hygiene then i Mm. think we'll all be better for it because how many times have you gone to an event and someone like lets out a huge sneeze near you and you're like, dude, really like cover your, put your arm against your nose, man. So if more people do those things, then you know what we'll probably eliminate? Yes, we'll probably eliminate the spread of coronavirus or at least slow it down. And then maybe we'll stop the spread of some colds, which, you know, you know, is a problem too. Doesn't doesn't Mm -hmm. normally cause death, but at least people will be cleaner. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so uh, the, all the, all these considerations have to be put in place, and uh, and I hope there's no cancellation, certainly for the big tournament and uh, any any type of um, well, they're gonna they're, there's going to be some sort of uh, decision made there. Obviously, you know they're huddling up. Uh, all the uh, NCAA officials obviously are, and we'll we'll see how that all goes down. Uh, but we will turn to Seton Hall. We'll have a coronavirus-free uh, uh, Seton Hall segment and talk about the Big East tournament and Seton Hall's uh, road uh, to uh, the NCAA tournament as well after this. At LG Insurance Agency, our exceptional staff of agents shop seven insurance carriers to help you get the best pricing and value for your home, car, and business insurance. LG Insurance Agency is the destination for all of your insurance needs. LGinsuranceagency.com or search LG Insurance Agency. Hey, we're back on Jersey Hardwood and uh, Seton Hall, Matt. Um, 
kind of a tough close to the season. It was a good season for them. Um, uh, they wanted to get the outright uh, conference uh, win and uh, ended up sharing it. But listen, it's it's still a, a solid season for them. Um, they're they're obviously rolling into the NCAA tournament. Uh, but they're third seed in the uh, Big East tournament, and they were hoping to be a first, of course. No question. And I think that it did end the season in a disappointing fashion. There's no question about it. Losing to Villanova, losing to Creighton, uh, losing at home to Villanova on senior night when they wanted to send Miles Powell and Romero Gill and Quincy Knight and even Isaiah Avent, who uh, son of a former Seton Hall standout but didn't play much of a role. But those four seniors were honored before the game. And they wanted to send them out with a bang. Largest crowd to see a Seton Hall game this year and among the largest ever at the Rock. And they came up short again. And then they go to Creighton, where for 30 minutes it was a game. They weren't playing well, but it was a game. And mm-hmm. then in the final 10, they get blown out. So, no, the season ended in a very disappointing fashion for them. Still, they can claim a championship. Uh, like the Big Ten, the Big East does not separate those who are tied by any tie-breaking formula. They allow all those teams, any of those teams, to claim a championship. So three champs this year uh, in the Big East, like there are three champs in the Big Ten this Mm -hmm. year. So Seton Hall will celebrate that. And in the irony of ironies, they may actually have an easier road here in the Big East championship uh, because they avoid either way in the semifinal. Now, I'm not overlooking Marquette at this point. They, they open up with Marquette and they have the late game and that means they get out of the building late and then they got to turn around and play on Friday if they beat Marquette. So there's that disadvantage. It's a time factor, body recovery factor. But other than that, Marquette is a team that is really on a, on a downfall. Uh, they, they were terrible down the stretch and their best player, um, uh, Marcus Howard and Miles Powell are set up to have another matchup, but Seton Hall has been able to beat Marquette. And I, mm-hmm. I just, I don't think that poses as much of a problem. And then when you get into the semifinals, and I, again, I really don't want to overlook Marquette, but when you get to the semifinals, uh, they will play Villanova. Either way, they were going to play a good team, but they avoid Providence. Providence is in the other bracket. And that's a team that scares me only because they've been hot. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, Ed Cooley, this is they a really turned it around, time. didn't they? Yeah, they have. Mm-hmm. And so they're playing with a lot of uh, en- adrenaline and energy and emotion. So, you know, avoid them if you can. Nova, they've shown that they can beat. Absolutely. And, they, you know, they're big them. nemesis, but they absolutely can beat them. Yeah. So beat I, them in Philly, should have beat them at the Rock. I mean, you can make the argument, but uh, came up short. But, uh, you know, that's ob- obviously a team that they, you know, listen, it's it's Villanova and that program. You know, Jay Wright just has a great program there. But, uh, but Seton Hall is matched. I mean, I think that's the big thing in the Big East is, is that they are absolutely one, without question, one of the top teams and absolutely there's never a situation where I say, yeah, but they can't beat Villanova or they can't beat, you know, uh, whoever, whomever's on top, uh, you know, even Creighton, um, you know, Creighton's got, Creighton's a tough team, geez, at home, especially. Uh, but their best and, players hurt and yeah. probably won't play. Mm-hmm. So that that dents their chances. Yeah, no question. Well. What's the story there? He, uh, that was suffered some injury okay. against Seton Hall, and I yeah. guess has been seen limping around practice. Is it possible that he plays? Unquestionably, mm-hmm. uh, it just at this point doesn't seem likely. Yeah, and um, you know, go, it comes down to Miles Powell, right? He, he seemed um, 
he seemed a little stressed to me toward the end of the season. Um, and, uh, just not light on his feet and playing with a, little, a lot of energy is, and again, I did, I asked you last week if you were concerned with him to a certain extent, but do, do you see, uh, do you see, um, do you see a little stress on him, um, uh, coming down the stretch? I think there's been stress on the entire team. Mm-hmm. So many people had high expectations. They had high expectations for themselves And it's been a struggle when you have a target on your back every night. And you can argue that, well, in the Big East, you no. Seton Hall was in the conversation for having a great chance, and they still do, uh, of going to the Final Four, like having a magical year with the depth, with the senior experience, with the size, all those things that they had in their favor. And for the most part, they lived up to it, but I think that's a lot of stress. There's no question about it. Uh, they're going to face more as time yeah. goes on. So uh, they've been able to get through it. And I think other teams have just banged Miles Powell around a lot. Uh, Kevin Willard has mentioned that the concussion has had still some long-term sure. effects on his shooting, mm-hmm. which hasn't been as good as it was in the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think the assignments that Quincy Knight has faced has worn on him a little bit. So there are a lot of, there are a lot of things, a, a lot of moving parts to Seton Hall. So they have some time to regroup. We'll see what they do against Marquette. They are in the NCAA yeah. tournament, even if they lose that one. It's not the way you want to go into the tournament with three straight losses. So right. they've got a chance to rebound. I think they'll beat Marquette, and then I think that will rejuvenate mm-hmm. them. They're in the yeah. garden. The energy is there. And I think this senior team knows it's its last yeah. hurrah. So for Seton Hall, which has been to the NCAA tournament four straight years, it, it will be five. But not able to get out of that first weekend. I think that this senior group realizes there's more at stake for Mm -hmm. them, that they have the opportunity to have this team talked about in terms of one of the best ever. Whereas if they don't get out of that first weekend, it's another disappointing year. And yeah, really good. Miles Powell, memories for a lifetime, one of the greats of all time at the hall. But just the team didn't deliver when so much was potentially available to them. So I I think they'll be driven. I think they'll be energized and we'll see if they can get to the sweet 16 and beyond. And Sandrew, uh, Mamu Kalashvili, real big part of this team. I mean, he had a a rough go um, uh, toward the end there, kind of lost his head a little bit uh, at the end of the Creighton game. Well, that that was an emotional game. Yeah. 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 But that, that, I mean, that's just two teams battling it out in Seton Hall, frustrated Mm -hmm. a little bit by the calls, a little bit by what just slipped through their fingers. Sure. Having the Creighton fans Uh with the cheers ringing in there. That's not a big... Mamu Kalashvili is a really important part of Mm -hmm. this team, and he's been fine. He's been really good. Yeah, he really has. And uh, is he he a uh, pro prospect? Is he definitely a guy who's going to come back next year? What's the situation? I don't know. I I think so. He's he's got the makeup. I mean, he he can hit anywhere on the court. Um, You know, he's got the athleticism at the, with his size. I mean, when you get a guy who's what, six eleven, and, and he can move like that, those are the kind of guys that, uh, you know, yeah, go, you shoot go, the to, the next, shot. go yeah. to the next I've level. I've heard man. a lot of talk about that. Okay. So, uh, that I mean, a little a early because we got a tournament to play, but I just think that yeah, he's, no, I, he's, I, he's I haven't heard a lot a about nice that. Player. You know, I, I, he, he is, and he's uh, an integral part of Seton Hall's mm-hmm. success, uh, what they've had and what they hope to have, but I've not read a lot about concerns, but, you know, once the season's over, anything yep. can happen.
And it's tournament time. We're really excited about it. And again, I promise and I promise and I promise that we're going to cover the other New Jersey teams. And we are going to do that. Uh, but uh, uh, this week, uh, we're uh, we're covering uh, Rutgers and Seton Hall and their, their opportunities. By the time we cover them, they might be all out. <laughs> Princeton not able to play in the Ivy League yeah, championship. So, yeah, that's, so that's been canceled. They're, so they're done. That's, that's okay. You know, let's and, see what happens with the others. Okay, absolutely. And we may I, be back to Seton Hall and, and, and Rutgers. I, I think so. So that's the Jersey Hardwood podcast sponsored by LG Insurance. Check out our site, moresportsnow.com. And of course, we're going to be covering all the tournament play. And we'll be back next week with more Jersey basketball coverage. Bye-bye.